Hi, and welcome to Ask Rev, the Christian podcast, where you guys can come online and ask us questions, be it personal, church-related, theological, biblical, anything. Just ask us some questions. We're so thankful that you guys have been pouring questions in, and it's kind of awesome to, to be able to look at you guys' questions and go, wow. Because the thing is, when it comes to this kind of stuff, there is no such thing as a dumb question. Yes, no dumb questions. So you can ask your not dumb question to us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at AskRevPodcast. You can also go into the Q&A section on Wayne's TikTok, Rev.Wayne, and you can send us an email at AskRevPodcast at gmail.com. That was rather (laughs) aggressive. Are you okay? Yes. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Are you wanting to redo the whole thing? No, we're keeping this. All right. Yeah, that was that was awesome, but very intense. I was like, "Whoa, okay." <laughs> Just don't know what's going on here at Asprev, a Christian podcast, but okay, let's go. So, guys, thank you so much for submitting your questions. Though, like, although that was very aggressive, we are very grateful you guys are doing it because it shows that you guys are committed to learning more. When we talk about this idea of no dumb questions, really, there's this concept that whenever you guys ask a question, it might be beneficial for somebody who did not believe they could ask that question. So throw all your questions at us. We'd love to take them in and see what we can do with them. So let's go ahead and jump into our questions today. All right, question one. So this one is, you know, it goes close to home. So why can Baptists dance at Christian camp but not in church? Because we don't dance in the sanctuaries. Because there's there's uh, no commandment 11 that says thou shalt do the dance. Thou shalt do the dance. Haven't you ever seen Bruce Almighty? I think we watched that movie together, but like you had just like quoted it like it was gospel, and I was Um, like, "Whoa!" It's it's found in First Malachitations. The first, the book of First Malachitations. If you are not a fellow believer, the book of First Malachitations does not exist. Even if you are a believer and you just haven't read that part of the Bible, First Malachitations is not a book. That is our made-up book that Kaylee and I make jokes with because you know how people just like quote scripture, but it's not actually scripture. Mm-hmm. So we say, oh, that came from the book of First Malachitations. Understood. So it's kind of a, a sassy way to say, hey, make sure you're reading your Bibles. All right. Well, I want to talk about this a little bit because growing up, I grew up. A regular Baptist, if you don't know what that is, it's part of the General Association of Regular Baptist Churches. There's no such thing as a regular Baptist, God. Sure. Uh, but they tend to be a little bit more conservative in everything that they do. So growing up, whenever we would have dances at school, I was never allowed to do those. When we did uh, dancing in gym class, and my parents would always ask to have a alternative assignment for me because they believed that dancing could lead to other things. Sinful natures. Sin. And so I never did all those things until I was a little bit older. Um, but even at Christian camp, we didn't do any dancing. Well, see, that's one thing uh, I was kind of love because, you know, we both kind of grew up in that fundamentalist ideology there. Because regular Baptists, independent fundamental Baptists, you know, that's kind of what we grew up in. Which of these extreme conservative groups, mine was a little bit more extreme. But on- sure, you sure. Did you get yelled at for haircuts in your church? Because I did. So, uh, <laughs> but really, when you kind of look at these like, extreme faiths, because it's not just Baptists that do this either. Uh, 
we don't believe that Christians should dance because it leads towards sinful things. We should avoid sin at all costs, to avoid evil, to avoid evil, this kind of mentality. So since dancing has led into sinful natures, much like the, the, city, the town from Footloose, we believe that it is deadly to your walk with Christ. So we say don't do it. However, dancing is in Scripture because David is found many times saying that he played instruments and danced before the Lord. Now, was he pop lock and dropping it? No. No, but it was very much a moment, an expression of worship that he used. It was a moment that he just really could not handle it. it like, could not just hold his body still because he was so in awe of the presence of God that he had to show it with everything he could. And that was within, uh, I would say, a version of interpretive dancing, maybe? Yes, interpretive dance. But honestly, we've come to understand like a, a Christian camp. So I worked at a Christian camp during my summers in college. And we had the blast. We did the church clap, which, you know, had the words church and clap, and it was a dance, much like the Cupid Shuffle, but not all at the same time. And it was a blast. And the reason why we got to do stuff like that is because we realized that, honestly, what we were doing is having fun and having worship. Because it was an opportunity to just let ourselves go and enjoy a time in worship of God. Enjoy a time in fellowship with the believers. We did not do any of those grinding. We did not do any raunchy dancing. We like the twerking and stuff like that. We didn't do any of that kind of stuff. I sounded super old mm-hmm. when I said the twerking. We are old. It's like the Facebooks and the Instagrams where you guys can find our podcast at Ask Red Podcast. No, they'd say the, the Facebook is the, the old one. And the email, the old-fashioned email, askrevpodcast at gmail.com. What about the Twitters? Where you can send a tweet. Where we can send a tweet. Thank you, Elon Musk, for letting us be able to do that. So, uh... But guys, really, when we come down to this concept of, because uh, we're kind of having fun with this episode, because this question is kind of fun. But the reason why we're able to dance at camp and not in the church is because uh, for some of us, when it comes to reserve, in our, we're very reserved in our worship. There's a lot of Baptists out here that still don't do contemporary music mm-hmm. in their church. I mean, still use the Redback Hymnals because they mm-hmm. believe that is a better form of worship. I mean, there's always that kind of mentality. However, when it comes down to dancing, worshiping, playing instruments in the church, we have to realize that for years, generations, these have been used in mm-hmm. a sense of worship, and it is okay to express yourself in worship. Yes. Just the passage of scripture, I can't remember the reference, is that we should do, uh, Paul tells us actually, to make sure we worship in an orderly manner. Mm-hmm. Don't make it about yourself. It's corporate worship. But you should be able to still worship God holy, worship God at expression. I love it when we see interpretive dancers get up and Worship God through that. Uh, through people get up and do skits uh, that lead us towards Christ. So, uh, the, my favorite things to watch are people who do the uh, the ASL interpretation of uh, major contemporary worship songs, and they do it the very artistic way. They do the signing, and I love that because it shows expression with everything that they are, and it's beautiful mm-hmm. to see. So really, we need to kind of check ourselves on that. Is dancing really not okay to have at church? We should really begin doing that. Yes. And fun fact to bring back around Footloose, the pastor in there is actually Baptist. <laughs> these these children probably don't even know what Footloose is. They probably heard the song one. And who says they're children? Our actual age demographic is our age and higher, which is wonderful. Well, thank you guys so much for getting onto our t- onto the podcast. By the way, we truly enjoy your questions. A lot of people who are our age might not even know what it is. I think you doubt our viewers. All right, next question. All right, here's one for our age group. Are video games sinful? Only way that they are sinful is if you put them before the Lord. One thing that we really have to come down to is the idea of idolatry in our worship. 
what's more important to you, your Bible reading, your time of God, or the video game? Who are you putting first, video games or your time of God? Which one is better for you, your worship or your video games? And I think, too, like, if you struggle with certain other sins, such as pornography, you know, if you are playing a video game that has nudity or stuff of that nature, that might not be the video game for you. Well, I, I will put this into that uh, category as well. If you're playing video games that offer things like nudity, uh, extreme violence, uh, things like crime, stuff like that, I would caution you and call you out and say, hey, simply this, is that glorifying to God? You know, mm-hmm. we really need to be careful of what we do. Uh, one video game that I have really gotten into recently is uh, Farming Simulator 19. I mean, I love playing video games. My wife and I will sit down and we'll play video games together at times. She'll sit there and watch me and get annoyed with me at times too. But to me, it's a way to relax. I play games that kind of give me a, a chance to concentrate on something else other than having to deal with everything else I have been dealing with that day. So it's a good way to set my mind aside and do something mind-numbing. But whenever I make that more important than my Bible time, whenever I make that more important than God, when I wake up on Sunday morning or Sunday night or Wednesday night, or whenever I get ready to go to church, I choose video games over that. I have made that an idol in my life. I have chosen that first. Mm-hmm. I need to check myself here because that is not more important than worship. That's when it becomes sinful, is when we're letting it lead us into sin, when we put it before God in our lives, which is idolatry. Yes. All right, next question. Is gambling sinful? Gambling is not inherently sinful. That's always the question that we get, because a lot of people say, don't gamble. My question here is, are you being a good steward with your money? I got asked this question kind of in passing at one point, too, and that was always the question. You know, He's always wanted to gamble. And I looked at him and was like, well, Romans 14 calls us to do this. If we feel convicted upon us, uh, feel convicted by the Holy Spirit that that is sinful, then it is sinful for us and we should not do it. It's the same reason why don't I drink alcohol. As the scripture gives it, well, it says do not be drunk within scripture. It doesn't say don't drink, it says don't be drunk. I have an addictive personality. Meaning, uh, pretty much you hand me a 12-pack of Dr. Pepper, that 12-pack of Dr. Pepper is going to be gone in a day. Because once I start drinking Dr. Pepper, I just enjoy it so much, I keep going. So to me, to be able to go drink, I know I'm going to have that same experience. I'm going to have that same action towards it. So I stay away from it because to me that is sinful because that leads me towards a whole life that I don't need to be like this glorifying to God. So if you feel convicted that you know, hey, when I go gamble, I'm going to be led down a path that's going to be very sinful. It's going to lead me away from God. I'm going to choose that over everybody. That's become sinful. However, God's also blessed us immensely and told us to be good stewards. I think, though, like when you're choosing to go gamble, it can also lead you to other things. Because I think of a casino. What is in a casino? Okay, people used to smoke in casinos. I don't know if they still can. But, you know, if you think tobacco is sinful, that's going to be offered there. If you think alcohol is sinful, that's going to be offered there. Prostitution is a big thing happening around casinos and things of that nature. If you think that's sinful, there's a bunch of people doing all that. So I think it just brings on a whole nother set of sins that you are more like, oh, well, I'll have one, and then it snowballs, Yeah, basically. But I also think, like, okay, well, you're going to go out and gamble money, but are you giving your money to the Lord Yeah, and your tithes? What do you do with your tithes? So it comes to that, like, second thing. And we always kind of always, whatever the pastor talks about tithing, you know, that's always, like, a bad time. I'm going to turn off... Podcast the, the glazed donut look. Oh, yeah. Glazed donut look. <laughs> the deer in the headlights look like what you say. Uh, but really, when it comes down to this, as long as we're not heading towards 
the sinful nature because really tithing's not even the important part. It's the fact that we're having this moment of worship with God because you should be able to tithe through, uh, worship through your tithe and offerings to God because you're offering back part of your blessing that God's given you, which is kind of a rabbit hole from where we're going here. But when we really look at gambling, no, it's not inherently sinful, but it can lead to so much more. Saying, hey, I want to, you know, let's play this card game real quick and we'll put money down on it. There's nothing really wrong with it. However, the sinfulness that comes with that to uh, owing debts, to destroying lives, to anything else that comes with that sinful nature, that's what becomes damaging. Well, I think, too, like, you, I mean, does the Bible say anything about those people who gambled away Jesus' clothes, who cast lots? They talked about the fact that they cast lots. Does it say anything else? No. Anything historically? No, nothing historically. Casting lots, uh, guards casting lots for the clothing of uh, the prisoners and sinners. People who were uh, crucified or executed was a common practice by the Romans. It was a way for the uh, lower class of warriors to be able to get nice things at times because they just were offered a chance to bet on the clothing before them. And it was kind of—I wouldn't say it's kind of cool, but it's just when you think of the historical impact that it had. You know, it was honestly a way of mocking the prisoners because look at me, haha, we're going to play this gambling game at your feet to show you who gets your. How indisposable you are. Yeah, you're worth nothing. In fact, your clothing was literally just gambled away, although we, a lot of times they ripped the clothing off them. Mm -hmm. But they still gambled away the scraps. So you have to kind of think of how is that really impactful. But when we look at the gambling within us, is it sinful? It's what gambling leads to that is sinful. The idolatry, the, the sinful natures that go along with it. The stumbling block for others. So if you, uh, one thing as a pastor, I'll probably never wind up in a casino. Because there's people in my church who believe that it is sinful. Mm -hmm. So as their pastor, I'm not going to put myself in that situation so that they won't see me and say, oh, hey, look, our pastor's a sinner. And if he can do that, then we could fall into the sinful nature. No. Or if we have a recovering gambler, it's the same thing. If I have a recovering alcoholic in front of me, I'm not going to go drink in front of them. That's not mm -hmm. fair for them. Because all I'm doing is trying to tempt them into sin. I should never be a rope to tempt them. And neither should you. Neither should anybody who believes in Christ. We should not be a tempter. Yeah, I definitely think it just goes along with, like I said earlier, how it can lead you into other things that can cause you to stumble. Now, let's take gambling out of the physical gambling. Let's talk about making a risk in your life. Maybe you're taking a gamble and you're going to quit your job and start a new business. Is that sinful? Like that kind of gambling? Once again, it really depends on what it leads to. Because in that, that sense, uh, when we take a risk, uh, taking a gamble, uh, really, that terminology came along later on when taking risks have always been a thing. Yeah. Uh, really following your calling can be a risk a lot of times. It could be a gamble. Because, like, look at us. Whenever you followed me into the ministry life, you know, we lived off scraps for a little while, and it was a gamble. We, we made a decision to follow after a ministry and went into it, and we weren't making a lot of money doing it. God provided. But God provided for us. And it was amazing to see what God did for us. But really when we look at that kind of risk, if you're doing it out of uh, malcontent, like if you're not, if you're following after God, if you believe this is a great thing, if you've done the research, if you've done all that, go for it. All right. If you're taking a risk, stepping out on faith and going for it, go for it. That's what I like that phrase better. Stepping step out on faith than taking a gamble. Because it's truly what it is. Look at a guy going, God, I don't know what's coming next, but I'm, I'm going to try this anyways. Mm -hmm. that's always good. It's relying on God to be able to supply for you, which is what he asked for. 
All right, let's go on to our next question. Are tattoos Christian appropriate? Yes or no? I get this a lot. And you always go back to that passage. Let me go ahead and pull it up. Your body's a temple and don't mark yourself as the pagans do. Yes, don't mark yourself as the pagans do. Because... Let me pull it up. Because I want to pull this into context. I I, I find it really uh, important. Leviticus 19.28 Do not cut your bodies for the dead and do not mark yourself as the pagans do. As we get a lot of this, do not cut your bodies for the dead. Um, do not mark yourselves with pagans too. Pagans often use their uh, bodies as ways to remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fallen had marked their people for the dead. Uh, ways we do that now is uh, in memory of blank yeah. on our arms. Uh, according to the scripture, it was considered sinful. It was considered blasphemous at times. In fact, uh, when we look at Leviticus, we're looking at the Levitical law. And uh, we all... You'll often hear pastors argue, well, we don't have to follow Leviticus because we are underneath the law of grace. However, a lot of things that we really come to understand is that the law was placed for a reason. Mm-hmm. And the things that were released from the law, the Levitical law, were given to us and are seen in the New Testament saying, okay, you you can do this. Like a reason why we don't eat pork, or why in the Old Testament they didn't eat pork. However, when we see in the book of Acts where Peter's up on the house, and God gives him a vision and just places all these unclean things on a carpet in front of him and says, here, take it, eat. He says, I can't eat these for they are not a, for they are unclean. And God says, don't call something unclean that I have made clean. He calls these things. Do not call something sinful that I have said that is not sinful. Do not say you can't do this when I said you can't. I think he's not contradicting himself. He's saying at the time of Leviticus being written, the Hebrews were in a place of exile. Well, it was very important not to eat certain things because it would have killed them. Well, they didn't really, you know, have a good way of curing things because that's how they, they didn't have refrigerators. Yeah. Back then, they couldn't just carry a refrigerator on a camel. You had to cure everything with salt. Yeah. And so pork doesn't do that as well. No. And when you're also looking at uh, people who, uh, nomadic people who are going around the forest of the desert for 40 years, uh, in this time, it's become very difficult for them to keep up certain things. So these people were moving constantly. Mm-hmm. They're constantly packing up and moving somewhere else for 40 years. A whole generation of people. Well, and all those people. Yeah, Think of how many, how many people there were. Yeah. Can't well, even imagine. Because these are all the Israelites that came out of Egypt, plus their families that have now grown within these years, which oh, yeah. they are going to grow. Because uh, as God had promised Abraham, your people are going to be numbering the stars, numbering the sands of the, mm-hmm. uh, the beach, numbering the stars above them. Of the sky, so the people that were come from Abraham are going to be enormous. Which we look at Israel, the people who have blessed come out of Abraham's line have become enormous, and it's amazing. So the Hebrews were fruitful and did what the God told them to do and multiplied. So really, when we come to uh, looking at the Levitical law, it's very under very important to understand that God released certain things and really did not release others when He came to the New Testament. Mm-hmm. And so I do drive you guys to think of this when we talk about tattoos. One, why are you getting a tattoo? What's the purpose for it? What's the point? Oh, it looks cool? Well, here's the issue. Could you pay a quarter and, and a machine and get a random tattoo? You can. Yeah, I, I see them all the time online. Yeah. Yes, and the, the really big thing that we get from that, like, did you just kind of just, yeah, just do it so flippantly? Does it have meaning behind it? God says, don't mark yourself for the dead as the pagans. Don't mark yourself as the pagans do. And it wasn't just the dead the pagans would worship. It was other gods they would worship, other images that they would worship. A lot of tattoos are one of the stereotypes that we see. 
dragon, tribals, these other things that are meant to worship other deities. Well, I think of too, like maybe something, you stand for something specifically when you are young and you get it tattooed all over your body. And then when you become older, you realize, oh, that's not what I'm supposed to be doing. I think there was a man in a church growing up. He had a swastika tattooed on his forehead because he was part of the Aryan Brothers. Yeah. And later in life, after he got saved, he tried to have it removed, but it really didn't ever remove. It was right on the middle of his forehead. Yeah. It was a mark of himself to be a part of that family, that tribe that he was a part of, which is in itself a cult and a hate, a terrorist organization. Honestly, I, I will renounce the Aryan uh, nation now because I don't believe in that kind of hate. I don't believe that. I don't believe in any hate. I believe God is, is of love and that we should be of love as these people. But God is also holy. So we have to remember that as well. So when we look at these people who are like that, because we see a lot of soldiers too, you know, whenever they go join up with the forces, they always go get these big old tattoos. You know, they become in some units, it becomes a tradition. Everybody gets the same tattoo. It's a sign of brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Pagans did the same thing. When you would join a certain part of the army or be a part of this warrior clan, they would mark you in that same way. Well, that's still marking yourself as a pagan. So what I tell you this is I take scripture in a very literal way. When God says don't do it, I don't do it. You know, one thing that I've, I've always wanted a tattoo, and it's kind of me being a little contradictory here. I've always wanted one, but I don't have one. The one I always wanted was I wanted to get the uh, semicolon sign because of uh, suicide awareness. Suicide has been a huge part of my testimony. It's been a huge part of my ministry. I've always loved one. I don't get it because the scripture holds me back. It looks at me and says, okay, well, if I believe scripture wholeheartedly, even when I don't understand it, I have faith to believe in it. Because God, I'll follow you even when I don't understand your words. Even when I don't understand why, I'll follow you. Because that's what it means to be a, a disciple of Christ, is to be following after God, mm-hmm. even when we don't get why. So, when it comes to tattoos, are they Christian? Technically, no. I'd warn you against it. Well, I think it just can become an idol, too. Because I know a lot of people who have tattoos, and it's like an addiction, almost. Definitely. Uh, they, they pursue after it wholeheartedly and it becomes something they, they spend their money on a lot more and they're expensive yeah and that's one thing i always kind of this is really where i hinder a lot of or not hinder but really kind of hesitate and caution people is because with that addiction you're spending a lot of money even when you don't have it you go get a tattoo you go borrow money to go get a tattoo and it sounds ridiculous a lot of people are like oh, i'm better with my money than that i'm gonna make sure i have the money before i go get the tattoo the reality is you're a rare breed there's a lot of people who don't do that same thing with people who are addicted to things like Coca-Cola. I don't have the money, but I'll make sure I always have Coke in my fridge. Well, the thing is that Coke is expensive. The Coca-Cola is expensive. Coke is expensive too. Don't buy Coke. That's a drug and deadly. But that Coca-Cola is expensive when that money could be spent on a meal. I mean, I've lived off $12 meals before, and that's living high life. And you go buy a 12-pack of Cokes for $12. That's wasting your money make sure you be smart with it be good stewards you hear that word a lot from me be a good steward when god's blessed you with something make sure you care for it make sure you take care of it do with it wisely which is what god calls us to do so don't hold on to it and do nothing with it spend it wisely mm-hmm. invest do what you need to do with it when we talk about invest i'm not talking about stock markets i'm talking about in yourself and in others uh, yay but we got one more question <laughs> Yeah, so what about piercings? Ah, piercings. Do not mark yourself as the pagans do. <laughs> I think you can go for the same kind of argument. You really can. Uh, why are you doing it? 
honestly, because a lot of pagans do the same thing. They would pierce their entire body with it. I don't think earrings are sinful, because even when we look at the uh, Israelites coming out of Egypt, they had earrings. Well, it talks about that in Exodus, when Moses was going up on the mountain to go get the Ten Commandments. You know, what'd they do? Oh, they took all their gold jewelry. Assuming that it was piercings. Piercings, bracelets, necklaces, all of it. That's what they used. And, like, nose piercings were very popular in that culture. Yeah. Especially within the nomadic tribes. Like, one thing that I always like is when they try to picture Mary. When we look at Mary, we see this girl who wore a blue dress with a veil with, uh, you know, I always laugh. It's the white Jesus mentality. Jesus was not white. He was of Middle Eastern descent. I mean, you know, he would have had darker skin than me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just the reality of it. So when we look at Mary, we're not looking at a little, you know, Caucasian Mary either. I mean, she would have been of Nazareth. She would have been of a nomadic tribe. She would have been a people of color that had parts of their culture shown upon their skin. Things like their tattoos, the uh, paintings on their hands and things like that. Yeah, like you think of a lot of uh, cultures over in the Middle East and they use henna. Yeah. And that's probably what she had on her hands. Yeah. To sh- signify that she was not married. Yeah, exactly. It was supposed to be a way to show, hey, I, or even when they become betrothed, mm-hmm. you know, marking the betrothal, they didn't have the rings. That was not how they did it. It was a marking how they did it. Uh, the veil would have been very much showing, hey, that I am a blushing bride. I have not been married yet. So always having that veil upon her head and things like that. So we see these different cultural parts of it. So when you look at piercings, there's nothing in scripture that says piercings are evil. When you use them like a pagan would, that's really where I come to. Are you using this pagan worship? Are you using this part of the that of that kind of lifestyle? I have known people to get many piercings in their ears. Some of them release headaches. Some of them have medical uh, reasoning behind it. Some of them do it because they look cool. Cool. I'm just going to tell you this: if uh, you're trying to make yourself look like the devil, now we have an issue. Because there are people who get like the implants, the skull implants, and things like that, that try to give you horns and make you look demonic. Well, now we have a different issue because I, that's not what we're, that's marking yourself like a pagan. Man. I think of the guy who had whisker implants put in his cheeks. Whisker implants? Yeah, it was a dermal piercing, and then he could screw in a long, like, um, plastic whisker, and he had tattoos that made him look like a cat. That's actually really interesting. Uh, we'll have to find that guy later. So I think that's going to be the title of this episode, Whisker Cats. No. <laughs> but, but it's really, really when we kind of look at these uh, piercings and these tattoos and things like that, that's where we come down, look at scripture, read it down. And what we have come to learn, uh, from, especially from Leviticus here, is do not mark yourself as the pagans do. That's what we're asked to do. So, mm-hmm. And, you know, like I have my ears pierced, but I think it's uh, more a cultural thing right now. Yeah. I also took, I didn't get mine pierced until I was 19. Mm-hmm. Like I made that decision myself. Yeah, no, I was there for it. Yeah, you were there. Oh, Lord, we, we hadn't been dating long either. And you're like, I'm going to go get my ears pierced. I'm like, okay. So we got your ears pierced and I watched you rebel against your parents. It was great. So uh, My mom said I could. And I know. It was Whatever. All right. Well, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us. You can reach us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Ask Rev Podcast. You can hit Wayne's Q&A up at, on TikTok, rev.wayne. And you can also reach us via email at askrevpodcast at gmail.com. That's askrevpodcast at gmail.com. Guys, thank you so much for jumping on this uh, podcast this week. And also thank you so much for submitting your questions. Please keep them coming. We're really enjoying these. Mm-hmm. And until next, guys, next time, guys, we love you. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.